no shame. I'll fucking humiliate you in front of your kid. I don't care. You know what I mean? So. Hey guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast. This is season three, episode nine, and you guys have no idea what the fuck I've just been through. Um, I just landed, scrambled and scurried, scurried and scrambled, I think that's the same word, over here to my house to record. Um, it is late Saturday night that you're going to listen to this on Monday, but I just need you know some time to edit and um, put this out. And I can't do it all day tomorrow because my grandma's 80th birthday. So we'll get into why I'm a shit show USA later. But if this is your first time here and you're listening on the podcast app, there's a visual to this. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. And if you're watching on YouTube, there is a visual uh, audio version to this podcast. Whoa, it's gonna be a lot of hiccups today. Just warning you guys. Um, and it's available on most podcast apps. Just search at starring Milana. We have three segments here. The first one is called BTS, where we recap my past week. The second segment is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and we try to offer a new or different perspective. And the third segment is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. And by the way, again, if you're new here, we have my girl Lena on the mic. She is my producer and has uh, too much to say, so we gave her a mic because she was just chirping in the background. Um, Last week, I was joined by one of my really good friends, Arissa, and you guys love that podcast. I had a lot of great feedback. We talked mostly about Cheer, the documentary on Netflix, and also our own experiences with cheerleading and dance, so if you haven't watched or listened to that one, make sure to go check it out. It was called 215 in Daytona. Um, Great, great episode, a lot of fun. Have you watched Cheer, Lena? No, I have barely watched anything. I want to watch Aaron Hernandez. I want to watch Cheer. I want to watch Power. And I don't have the time. Honestly, Power's got to be lower on your list. No, Power just gives me happiness. And it just, it's entertaining. It is entertaining. I'm, I, I need to watch the last season too. But Yeah, Milana is completely behind, guys. Like, she hasn't even watched anything of this last season. No, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but I'm... Because it's it, so bad. But I'm like, into it. It When you talk about how the housewives and, like, you're numb, like, I just watch, like, Power and, like, I forget about everything yeah. and I love it. And, and Omar totally Hardwick is fine as fuck, so... He is. He's so tiny, though, right? Yeah, he is short, but he posted a picture with his brother on Instagram the other day and but I was like, twins. ooh, I'm like, this shit runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think they have another brother. I was like, oh, okay. Oh my God, Lena yeah. went scouted because she's trying to figure out which brother's not married so she can get They're all so handsome. But... Yeah, they all look the same too. Like, what are the odds? Yeah, they're all like, yeah, they closely resemble each other. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's just get into the BTS segment. Um, again, this is where I recap my past week and my past week was... Um, a lot of bullshit. So, like I said, I just landed. I came from Lake Tahoe. Um, I was there for work, not my podcast or my production job. I'm talking about my regular good old day nine, job, nine to eight or whatever the hell the hours are job. Um, I am an event designer. If people, if you guys don't know, I do events. Basically, we do high end decor and design for private clients. Um, and we had a birthday party in Lake Tahoe for a client, and that's as, as much as I can say about that. Like, NDAs, you know, this is, like, really... These people are really high up there. Anyway, so I wasn't even supposed to go to this job. I don't even like traveling to do events. Like, 
you just it just takes so much of your time you're there you can't leave you know it's just it's too much for work so i take this job i go to lake tahoe and i'm there from like tuesday to saturday and it was quite exhausting um the event looked beautiful but you know it's when i travel and when you do events you kind of fall off your wheels like you definitely don't work out not that i've been working out but you definitely don't work out because like you don't have time to work out like not even in the morning because your call times are like so early you're eating like shit because like you're running around you're like oh i gotta grab something to eat and like john and Vinny's, they were the caterers and so they made pizza for us to eat for the crew and like love john and Vinny's, but like fuck my life, <laughs> like, just eating pizza, eating hot Cheetos, stress eating, eating burgers, veggie burgers, tacos, like everything you can think of. I was just chopping it all down. I probably gained like three pounds this week. Um, one of the reasons why I don't like traveling for work. And the flight back really just threw me for a loop. I was so happy to get on the plane. Okay. I'm leaving Reno, Nevada, because that's where you need to land to get to Lake Tahoe and like no offense to anyone that lives there or was from there but wow like wow Reno Nevada <laughs> um so I'm like yeah, let me get on this fucking plane so I didn't really eat breakfast and my thing is I never get on a plane hungry it's like I'm always prepared even if I'm not hungry I will buy something so that I can eat it on the plane in like 30 minutes 45 minutes because I know I'm gonna get hungry I was like you know what it's only an hour flight this is going to be easy. Let me just grab, you know, some Cheez-Its and get on this plane and I'll be home in an hour and it's going to be fine. Well, I get on this plane and we, you know, are taxiing out to take off and we're sitting there for like 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, fuck, they are going to deplane us. I just know it. I had this weird feeling and the captain gets on, on the phone and he's like, so there's a maintenance issue. We're just going to have to go back and they have to check out the maintenance issue. I fucking freak out when I hear maintenance issue because it's like they better get all the, you know, little difficulties before they take my ass off the, the air. Like I'm valuable, you know, luggage here to me. <laughs> so um, they're having maintenance issues. They go back. And at this point, I'm sitting in business class because, you know, if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, I'm going to do it, right? So I'm sitting right dead in the front center. There's three pilots on this plane. I'm like, there's like 30 passengers. Why are there three pli pilots? I've never seen this. It's a one-hour flight. And they get there and they're like, so guys, you know, uh, we're fixing the maintenance issue. So we're sitting there 20 minutes later. At this point, I'm starving. I'm like, do you guys have food? They're like, no. Then they're like, actually, guys, we're going to have to probably deplane because we can't fix it. And there's seven people in business are like, we need to go for work to LA. So we got to get off this flight right now. We got to get on the next one. Like there was a plane right next door to us that was leaving to LA 30 minutes after us. And the lady was like, did you guys check luggage? And they're like, no, we didn't. Okay, great. Fine. Go. So these seven people get up from business class and all the people in the back see it. So they start getting up and charging to the front and they're all trying to get off the flight to get on the next flight. Cause like these flights from Reno to LA are not really booked like that. So like there's extra seats. So everyone's charging to the front and I'm just sitting there waiting for this, the flight attendant to be like, if you have checked luggage, you cannot get off the plane. Like your luggage is not, we're not taking your luggage if you get off the plane, you know? So all these people start getting to the front. This woman is like freaking out. She's like, I need to get off the plane. They're like, man, we're not letting anyone off the plane right now. Like, just wait a minute. She's like, you can't hold me hostage. She starts screaming right in front of me. And then finally, like they, she leaves. They're like, you know what, bitch, go. Like, you're wild. Like, we don't want to be responsible for you. They send her off. 
the pilot, another pilot gets on talking about, sorry guys, we didn't, we didn't mean to put you guys in the panic. We're just training a pilot and he didn't really explain to you guys what's really going on. So I'm, that's our fault. Basically, we're going to deplane, fix the issue and then get back on this flight. We'll take off. Just be patient. And I was like, you're training a pilot. Like, I never thought about the concept of training a pilot. That means this, this pilot flew the plane that I was in. This is like the same thing as like getting your surgery done by a resident. You know, it's like, I don't want someone fucking practicing on me. Like, I don't want to be a test dummy. I was freaking the fuck out the whole plane thinking to myself, there was maintenance issues and I got a fucking tester over here. This guy doesn't know how to fly a plane. I mean, granted, there was two other guys to help him out, but like, I was scared the entire flight. Anyway, I get off and I'm like, how long do we have? They're like, oh, probably like five, 10 minutes. I was like, I'm gonna go get a sandwich. Don't leave without me. So I grabbed my rollie and I ran through the airport. One thing I will say about Reno, Nevada airport, very tiny. You can get a sandwich in 10 minutes. So I ran across the airport, found a subway, got my sandwich. The guy didn't charge me for my hot Cheetos. And I ran back and I swallowed my sandwich in my seat, got on the plane and landed in LA two hours later than I was supposed to. But with the grace of God, I made it. And, um, you know, American Airlines, get your shit together. Like not my favorite airline. I have to tell you, every time I have a problem with the flight or a flight attendant or someone in the front desk, it's always American Airlines. No, United is worse. Oh, they're United, the worst. Yeah. I United even, is so bad. I don't bad. even take United, so yeah. I can't even say, I can't even <laughs> speak about it anymore because I, I don't even take that fucking airline. Yeah, the, the people, the flight attendants on United are assholes. I mean, and United is like known to be late. I mean, I really like Delta and Southwest. Delta is the best and Southwest is great. And remember the two dogs that died on United in like the span of a month? Yeah. Because they made people put their dogs up there. First of all, you're an idiot if you put your dog where the carry-ons go. Like, you're dumb yourself. But second, like, as a flight attendant, like, how are you going to tell them to put their dog up there? Sorry, I'm looking at Lena. She's back there. She doesn't deserve a camera yet. I um, think <laughs> before we move on, I, like, need to, we need to talk about the fact that Milana can't sleep in hotels. Mm-hmm. Like, I talk to her every day. And, like, because we've been working so much, like, we talk too much. Mm-hmm. Like, every 20, 30 she minutes. She calls me every 10 minutes. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But she's like talking about how like she can't sleep and she's so tired. And I thought about that and I'm like, oh yeah, it's so Milana that she can't sleep in hotels by herself. I can't. So she like so literally paranoid. hasn't slept. I'm, I'm, I haven't, I keep waking paranoid up every three of what? hours. I don't know, like a murderer walking in. Who knows? Like I wake up every Hotel th- doors are like double locked, like I know. triple and locked. I put them, like, and I put the little handle in. It's just like an unfamiliar so- space. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just not a familiar space. And I wake up every like two to three hours the heater and air conditioning in hotel rooms are always weird. Like, I'm either sweating or I'm freezing. Like, it just doesn't feel like home, so I cannot get a night's rest. And I haven't slept, like, a full, not even six hours the entire week. So, like, I need to get my shit together tonight. So, I'm going to just <laughs> speed through this podcast, okay? Um, what else do I want to say about that? I think that's, oh, the only plus side, only plus side about being um, in a hotel room, actually, is the wake-up calls. So, I... Always call the front desk before I go to sleep. And I'm like, I need to schedule a wake-up call. They're like, what time, ma'am? Miss Abazova. They always fuck up my last name. And I was like, 7 and 7.15. They're like, okay. So at 7 o'clock, the phone rings. I have to physically get up to answer it. And then I'm awake. I wish I can have a wake-up call here at home because I can't get up in the mornings. So that's the only beauty of it. But if you don't answer your wake-up call because you happen to be in the shower like your second wake-up call, they will come banging at your door. I had at 7.20 a.m., I had someone banging at my door. I was in the shower. I'm like, who is it? They're like, security. I'm thinking Tahoe's on an avalanche is happening. I don't know what the hell's going on. They're like, 
are you awake, miss? You scheduled the wake-up call. I'm like, damn, you guys are some fucking dedicated-ass staff. By the way, Lake Tahoe, beautiful. Like, I haven't been there in the winter ever. It's so pretty. That's really just, like, I could stare at the snow all day long. I didn't get to play in it. But, um, you know, maybe I'll go there one year instead of, like, a big bear or something. It's just way prettier and way nicer. Um, Sometimes I'm Milana's wake-up call. She never gives me credit for anything. Yeah, but you stop doing that. So, like... I mean, I do it when you ask. Okay. How's tomorrow looking? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. So that's about it. I really got to get back to my workout schedule because I am just struggling. Then also my grandma's 80th birthday is tomorrow. Um, My little nugget is turning 80. She's bedridden. So she's going to be hanging out in her bed while everyone is partying up a storm with her. Um, so I'm really excited to celebrate her birthday. Um, the book club is going well. We are finishing chapter two. Um, I still haven't started the tasks because of just, like I said, my life has been a shit show, but on Monday I'm going to start my morning pages, um, which means I have to wake up 30 minutes earlier. But I, once I start it, I'll let you guys know how I feel about it, but I'm really excited to actually do it because I feel like when I wake up in the morning, I have all of these thoughts. Like I'm thinking about so much in the shower and this is going to be perfect for me to get it all out. So if you guys don't know, we're reading um, The Artist's Way and Morning Pages is like one of the tasks that the like author wants you to do is basically like journal or like, it's like just basically morning, morning journaling and like mm-hmm. write down all your thoughts in the morning and it like... Um, she says it like kickstarts creativity and like basically like having a clear mind will like help you be more creative. So that's mm-hmm. what the... And not like a well... It doesn't have to be like well written. It's just like blurbs, you know, like getting it out. So I'm really excited. This book is so far so good. One thing that really um, stood out to me is the concept of like two people being equally talented and one person being more successful because they have like the audacity to like feel like they... Um, have this talent and like they have something to offer to the world so it's like the concept of like having audacity like how do you you have the audacity to like do what you want to do say what you want to say be as creative as you want to be and put yourself out there because you that's the difference between people that are successful and not is audacity and I thought that was so interesting I never thought about it that way also um the thing about one other thing about the morning pages is that she has like a minimum like three page Mm -hmm. uh, um like amount three page minimum for the amount of pages that she wants you to write and it's kind of like your goal to try to like get as much out as you can some people say like they don't hit the goal but like that's the goal and maybe you like work up to that but it's like a three page minimum yeah um have you finished no I haven't started yet you haven't started the book yet no I haven't started morning pages yet. oh the book oh yeah I finished um our first which chapter which was 40 pages and then we have what are we doing? Another chapter? Yeah. How many pages is that? Like 20. Oh, okay. Cool. That's easier. Yeah. Um, I was struggling at first. Again. Of course. Um, let's talk about some... Oh, by the way, I think I'm going to suggest this to the book club after we're done reading this book, but I think I want to re- read the Jessica Simpson memoir. It is insane. All these things oh, are I'm coming so out. Oh, I'm so down. I love her. I love her. Like, she, I, like she's 
created this life for herself. Like, she talks about, like, how basically reality TV ruined her and, like, Nick Lachey. She talks about John Mayer. She talks about, like, the industry as a whole, like, her business. I mean, I'm so excited because I love her. I think she's the cutest thing in the world. And, like, people really underestimate her as a businesswoman. She's, like, a low-key businesswoman. But, like, her... people don't know that. Yeah, like, her Jessica Simpson, like, line, like, her shoes, her clothes. I'm pretty sure she has clothes. Like, she's very successful. So people don't know, like, that she kind of did step away, like, from music. A little bit. I mean, and then decided to just be yeah, a businesswoman. Yeah, she's like, woman. I think she, she has a plane. Oh. Yeah, like, she's, like, rich, rich. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's very, yeah, I'd be so down to read that. That sounds yeah. really interesting. So, I, I would like to do that next. Um, let's just talk about a couple of things that I watched, and then we'll move on to Talkworthy. So, um, somehow my busy schedule, I, I stay up and squeeze in television, don't ask. Um, by the way, Cheer on Netflix was on Ellen. I forgot to tell you guys. Like, it's really blowing up. Like, these kids were on Ellen. And not only did they perform, they had like a sit-down interview with Ellen. It was amazing. Um, so I watched two things. Last week we were talking about the Aaron Hernandez documentary, Arissa and I, and she was like, you need to watch it. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I'm like, I wonder if there's going to be anything in there that I didn't know. And I have so many thoughts. First of all, what a fucking freak show. Um, you know what? You guys should watch it. I don't really want to ruin it for you. But also, like, it's been out for so long. Like, at this point, like, if you haven't watched it, sorry, I'm going to talk about it. Um... I'm just going to briefly talk about it. I'm not going to go into detail. Basically, he killed two people in Florida. Um, then he played in a... All t- bad things happen in Florida. All bad things happen in Florida. Florida, but he's not from Florida, but just the weirdest shit happens in Florida. Like, people are just made different in Florida. Um, and something in the water. Um, so he kills two people in Florida. Then he goes back and he plays an entire season of football. Like nothing happened. Um, then he kills basically his sister-in-law's boyfriend, um, and just goes on about his life again. Like nothing happened. And then he tried to kill one of his friends. He like shot him in the head, but the guy ended up surviving to tell the tale. Um, and instead of reporting him to the police, his friend was like, no, I wanted my revenge. So he was like, in court talking about basically the reason why I didn't like turn him in is because I actually wanted to kill him. So that's interesting. Um, but the documentary started off like very, like really interesting about his life, his upbringing. And then it just took a left fucking turn out of nowhere with like no warning about his sexuality. It just turned left with this like goofy ass high school friend of his who basically was like talking about him as if like he knew him and they were friends. And then he goes into talking about randomly, no, no, no fucking introduction. Just like, yeah, and after school, you know, we played football and then we, um, then we like would go to my house and we would, you know, do things together. Like we would, uh, you know, just, um, we were sexually, you know, uh, we had a sexual relationship out of fucking nowhere. Like we're talking about one thing and then he goes into that. Um, but basically his like sexual relations with men started while he was in high school, allegedly, according to this guy who kept saying I was his quarterback, I was his quarterback, but, like, the stats came out, and this kid was, like, a backup quarterback and, like, barely played, so, like, I'm really confused. Anyway, um, then they go into his family life, really fucked up, like, dad drank, sometimes abusive, mom ends up dating his, her own niece's, like, husband, like, just really weird, um, but he didn't grow up in a bad neighborhood, he just had, like, really, experienced really bad moments in his life, and, um, the documentary adds parts of his phone calls with his mom and it's kind of sad like you can hear him crying out for help from prison just kind of saying like I just wish I could talk to you like you don't you don't know me I can't talk to you and she's and she's just not being very like mo- like a motherly figure you you could tell that he's really just like 
crying out for help, wanting to say something, but he never really admits it or says it. Um, so anyway, basically he was convicted of one murder. Then he hired the same lawyer that Casey Anthony hired and got off. So he hires that one for the second charges of the two guys that he killed. Um, and he got off on that. So while he was in prison fighting his appeal, the news came out about his sexuality and then he committed suicide. Um, this is where I think it was like really interesting. In the documentary, they were trying to give you like two reasons and kind of sway it one way. I think they were trying to say that he was he did these things and he was so angry because he was like suppressing who he really was. Like he was a gay man and he couldn't be who he, you know, wanted to be. So he was like sad, depressed, and this is how he was acting out. Um, and then the other part of it is just trying to say like, well, actually it was CTE from, you know, all of the years that he played football. He has so much like brain damage. And I just sat there and like really tried to process it because I've had friends and I know people that were um, closeted for a while. I think that's the right term. They were closeted and they, they did lash out a little bit. And there were definitely like moments where, you know, they had like a short fuse. They, could, they weren't really nice sometimes and I and I totally get it because like imagine living your life like a lie imagine living a lie like basically they felt like they couldn't really be who they wanted to be so that was their way of lashing out and sometimes you know people in these circumstances they, they commit suicide but they're not out, out here murdering other people I've never heard of this so for for them to take this approach it makes me feel like the NFL is trying to push you know, his, his crimes and the, and the murder convictions and everything to the fact that, oh, he was just a suppressed gay guy. And this is how he acted on it. And in reality for a 27 year old, when they, when they did, um, when they, uh, worked on his brain and they, you know, they donated his brain after his death, when they were looking at his brain for a 27 year old, it was damaged like more than they've ever seen anyone's brain. Like it was so bad. Um, and also he can also be a sociopath. Like one, it could be CTE. One, he's a sociopath. How do you murder two people and then go on to play an entire season and almost win the Super Bowl? So I don't know. It was really fucking freaky. I couldn't sleep at night. Like I was so scared and I tried to watch TV. I don't know where it came from, but this documentary scared the shit out of me. I think it's the idea that people can act out and be so impulsive. Like he, literally the, the people he murdered, there was no reason. Like he was leaving a nightclub at a red light, rolled down the window and shot two people. I mean, you can be walking across the street with a person like this. So that's the part that like scared me and just, I could not sleep at night. So. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but he's definitely like mentally unstable. And like, if you can do that kind of thing, like if you can murder people like that and like, you're definitely to me, like a sociopath, like people need to study that. Yeah. It's not like, that he's a suppressed gay guy like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. That theory is just bullshit to yeah. me, and I just wish people wouldn't use that because really... I think it's a combination. Me and Milana were talking about it. I haven't watched it yet, but like, yeah, a combination of severe brain damage from being a football player plus like, if you don't deal with issues and you mentally suppress things that's happened in your childhood or whatever, those a combination of those yeah. things can result into becoming somebody like that. Yeah. Exactly. So like you could have had those mental issues from suppressing things as a child. Now you're a football player and you're doing more physical external damage to your brain. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, the combination of that is like severe mental issues and Yeah. It's crazy. So I would recommend everyone to watch it, though. I, I did think it was interesting. But um, the last thing that I watched was a pretty short documentary, and it was called Bikram, and it's about Bikram Yoga, the man that started it. Um, 
what a fucking disaster. First of all, I had no idea this man was such a perv and like so disgusting. Lena, you have to watch it. He's a fucking creep. He's like, wait, wait, we're trying to start yoga on Wednesdays. No, I'm doing I'm yoga, like- <laughs> but I'm not going to Bikram yoga. Yeah. Like I'm doing regular ass yoga. I'm not doing hot yoga, especially if it was like one of the studios that he, cause he, uh, he, he claims he created this style of yoga, which you watch documentary. He's a lie. Um, but he started this like cult of people doing hot yoga called it Bikram yoga. His name was Bikram. And the only way that you can open a studio is if you go through his like nine week training class and then he only picks maybe like 25 people that gives them the opportunity to open the studio and then they go and back to their cities or wherever their countries, wherever they're from, and they open a Bikram yoga studio. So it's kind of like a franchise, but you cannot open one without his permission. Did he trademark Bikram yoga? I'm sure he did, but he's okay. a fucking idiot. He's actually, and the, his lawyer, his ex-lawyer said this, the best way I could put it, I'm watching the document, I'm like, he's an idiot. And the best way that she said it is like, actually he's dumb as a post. Like, this is how she described this man. Like, sexual abuse, rape. He raped a woman while his wife and kids were upstairs. I mean, his wife knew for sure what the fuck shit was going on. And then he um, lost the trial, and he was supposed to pay his ex-attorney um, who who took him to court because she said that he um, sexually harassed her and for wrongful termination, and he lost the case. And instead of paying her, he fled to Mexico, and he continued these um, big trainings. And he's so much money. He continued these big trainings, and no one can stop him, and no one has stopped him in Mexico. And he's also teaching them in Spain. He just can't come back to America. So I don't know. Oh, my God, this is horrible. No, it's crazy, and I had no idea. And it's really short, so you can watch it. But I, yeah, that's another one I would recommend because it's really eye-opening and it really, I love, um, I love when we get, you know, a moment, like a documentary that talks about cults. Because to me, this was like a cult. Like this man was abusing women, raping, harassing, and these are like hundreds of people that take these classes and there was a lot of people who knew and were kind of like in on it, but everyone was too scared to say anything because it's like power. It's the same thing with like the entertainment industry where it's like, if you say something, you might never get a role again. So like Harvey Weinstein, everyone was scared of him. So people didn't say anything for years. So it was kind of like the same concept. People knew what was going on, but no one said anything because they wanted to open their own motherfucking studio. So yeah, I'm all caught up with my TVs. I'm now going to move on to the talkworthy segment. Um, again, this is where we pick a few topics that are going on in the media and we try to offer a new perspective. The first thing I want to say is you guys are listening to this on a Monday and the Grammys were, you know, the day before. I'm not watching the Grammys yet, so I don't know. I'm, you're going to get my report a little bit late. Um, but speaking of the Grammys, Deborah is a Dugan or Dugan, I don't know. Um, she was the president of the Recording Academy and she was recently suspended for I don't know bullying an executive assistant um but the real um but then she actually filed a complaint against them for wrongful termination and then she went in and um basically out of the Grammys okay so according to the Wall Street Journal Miss Dugan's complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission alleges the Academy's general counsel sexually harassed her and that its board of directors improperly influences nominations for Grammy awards. In her complaint, Ms. Dugan called the Grammy voting process ripe with corruption. The complaint claims that Academy's board uses nomination review committees to push forward artists with whom they have relationships with. These nomination 
review committees are officially permitted to pick nominees that are not among the 20 or so frontrunners picked by actual voting members. As um, Dugan also contends, the board manipulates the process to ensure songs or albums are nominated when the show's producer wants a song performed on the show. Wow. Um, I'm not shocked because, like... It just, I believe her. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm not surprised. This is, like, everything we've already known about the Grammys, but it's basically just, like, validates everything that we've known. Um, I still stand by Drake. That shit doesn't even matter. Yeah, Drake and Beyonce have been saying this it without saying it. It doesn't even matter. Drake said it, like... Yeah. Just straight out. He's like, thanks, but and like... Beyonce basically says it. She's like, I don't make music for award shows anymore. She's like, I make music for myself. Like, that's basically saying it without saying it. The year that she lost to Adele, which by the way, I adore Adele. I wait for her album as if I'm waiting for the weekend album. Like, love her. And her album was great. Her album was amazing. All of her albums are always amazing. And they always deserve to win a Grammy. But that year, she was going against... Beyonce's like best work and honestly arguably one of the best albums ever and she even said it herself she was like oh I don't deserve this like she knew she shouldn't have won so it's like you can tell how there's like racism and sexism like it's just like women never win the black people never win it's just like I mean like it seems like the Grammys are just basically looking out for themselves like whatever's gonna make the award show better whatever is gonna make the the performance is better. It's really not about the music. It's about, it's like at the end of the day, it's TV. They have viewership. Like it's really just about them. So yeah, exactly. Um, so over their shit, but we'll see who wins this year. Maybe they're, maybe they're freaking out and they're like, gonna, I don't know, cheat again or cheat backwards or not cheat. I don't know what the fuck they're doing to make the right people win awards. Um, the next story is Delta is paying their employees two months of extra um, salary because they want to thank them for amazing work in 2019. This is crazy. They've been doing this for six years. I've never known. This is the first time I've heard of it. Basically, every year the company you know grows. They have um, so many customers. People love Delta. And because of that, the CEO has been giving um, its employees two months additional worth of salary just because um he's thankful for their work and i've never heard first of all a company doing this or um any airline doing this and this is really cool it's not like you know a like it's kind of like a bonus but like way more than i think most people would get as a bonus and these people they're the actual like people on the ground right these are the flight attendants the pilots um so these are the people that are that are going to get um these kind of like bonuses usually it's the CEO and the CFO and people up there, they get like these grand bonuses, but they said that no one um, on that level is going to receive this money. It's only for the the actual like employees that are doing the labor. Um, and he said for years that would get beaten up by Wall Street uh, in a, on a speech on Monday to the OC register, they thought the profits were theirs. And they said, why are you giving the profits away to employees? Um, so he was getting beat up and for six years he was like, no, we have to treat them right. We have to treat them right. And, um, now they're seeing that it's paying off because when you treat your people, right, like you get good customer service, like people are happy to work for you when you treat them well. So because of that, they see increased sales, they see, um, you know, happier reviews, happier clients. So I love Delta for them singing for when they do the safety. Um, what is it called? 
The safety videos? Yeah, and how they're, yeah, and then sometimes the flight attendants actually, like, sing with it or, like, perform with the, like, safety video. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. I love Delta. So, that, I thought that was really cool. Um, we don't really need to go into detail on this, but I just thought it was interesting. Prince Harry gave a speech. First of all, what a speech. What a guy. Um, he said that, you know, we all know what's going on, and Megan and I really hope that we can serve the queen and the people, um, you know, this isn't easy for me. I left everything behind um, to make this decision, but I really needed to make this decision for my family. And a lot of people always thought it was Megan, like Megan wanted out, Megan wanted out. But if you listen to his speech, you can hear in his voice that he was just over the abuse in the media and he was just kind of like frightened about what happened with his mom. This is everything that we've said and we've been talking about the past three episodes, but now it's like you hear it from him and you're like, yeah, like it's not just Megan, you know, like he is also scared and he also just probably wants a different life. So I am excited to see more from them. The next story I want to talk about is I read that Tinder is adding a panic button. Um, they're testing it out in the U.S. before they make it global and um, they are using a technology called Noonlight to do this and according to the BBC before meeting someone users will be able to save information about the person and when the date is taking place if they then hit the panic button emergency services will be alerted with the details along with accurate location data the app's new photo verification features will help users avoid so-called catfishing when someone uses a fake identity online they should probably give it to Nev or whatever the fuck his name is for the catfish uh, show like I can't believe they're still in business. Um, it will employ human assistant artificial intelligence to check that profile pictures uploaded to app with users asked to verify their identity by taking several real time selfies. Wow! So basically, when you upload your photos to Tinder, they then are gonna they then want you in order to even use Tinder to take a selfie like right then and there, and they can track it like it's on the app. They want you to take a selfie and you better be the same person that uploaded those pictures. And that's how they confirm that you're a real person. And then when you're on this date, if you're wiling out and the person's not, you know, didn't say yes, they can press the panic button and then I guess the cops are alerted. I don't know. Um, This is so fascinating to me because I never got to use the app. I never got to use any dating app because I met Gino when they were really popping off and a part of me, you know, just wishes I got a little bit of, of practice. Sometimes that's I have so, my friends swipe and I'm like, this so is weird. so much fun. I would never go on a dating app and this would never make me go on Tinder. Really? I, I know hate so dating many apps. people that have married and got together. I don't give a like, shit. I hate dating apps. Um, you know, I what? think it's so forced and fake. I hate it. I'm just happy that they have this option because if my paranoid ass was on, t- uh, on Tinder, then I would probably be scared on every date, like sitting like with my drink cover thinking I was going to get roofied. So this is great that they have. No, this is really good for yeah. the people that use it. I'm just like, you're like, oh, I wanted to try dating. I'm- no, you don't. You're uh, good. Oh, okay. I'm good, love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The last thing I'm going to talk about in Talkworthy is Kim Kardashian is getting sued by a photographer. So basically, Kimmy posted a photo of her and Kanye smiling at each other in October 2018, um, the photographer who took the photo is suing her, and according to E, his name, his last name is, no, his first name is Saeed, I think, or last name, I don't know. Saeed claims in his filing that the reality star did not license the photograph from him for her page, nor have his permission or consent to publish the photograph, and infringed his copyright in the photograph by reproducing and publicly displaying it. You guys, I'm so fucking tired of this shit. This is like... 
the seventh celebrity who's gotten sued for this, they need to change, they need to change this law. They need to enact some sort of like amendment in this law where it says, hey, motherfucker, if you're taking a photo of me, I can post the picture of me. Like, it's so crazy to me how someone can be walking around, harassing you, taking photos of you, stepping outside of the store, and then if you get tagged in the photo and decide to post it, you get fucking sued. So it was a paparazzi picture? Yeah. Which is insane to me. How can you take a photo of me without me giving you permission and then you suing me for me posting a photo of myself? Like, it's crazy. This is, I think Justin Bieber, um, he had sued and him and Ariana Grande both got sued. They settled. Um, I think Gigi Hadid's case got dropped in court. Like, they didn't go through with, it didn't go through. Um, and Katy Perry's is pending. So this is like another one of these stories. And I just think it's, disrespectful like as fuck i can't and by the way these people get tagged in so many photos a day i don't even think that some of these celebrities are doing this like intentionally posting without tagging i think that they get tagged in a million photos a day and they're probably like oh this is a cute photo of me like let me post it and they post a photo and then then they get sued so the only like little thing in this is basically like so if if the paparazzi made money off the picture, then she can sue him for her likeness. No, she can't. Really? She cannot. And they all make money off of the photos. She cannot. That, that's what I'm saying. This law mm. is a, it's yeah, like a weird double standard. Yeah, that's... Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I did not know that. Th- that's what I'm saying. How am I the subject? And I, I see. But it's, he was for sure a paparazzi? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, and that's it for the Talkworthy segment, and now we are going to go into Dropping Gems. I don't know what the title of this um, episode is going to be. The topic is um, going to probably be something along the lines of Stop It, and this is why. Okay, we're going to get it. We're going to get into it. I um, <clears throat> was really heated earlier, so now I'm trying to, not earlier, like a couple days ago when I watched it. So I'm kind of back into a better place. But when I watched it, it really, I was a little outraged. So let me just basically um, let you guys know this was inspired by the Real Housewives of Dallas. And it was the last couple of episodes of the show and the reunion. Um, if you don't watch Housewives or you didn't watch this this season or you don't know what the fuck is going on, basically one of the main girls on the show, Leanne Locken, um... She's a motherfucking racist, and it came out full-blown. We've never seen anything like this on any Housewives franchise. And first of all, I'm fucking sick of her, okay? She's had a rough childhood or a rough past, and she's been talking about it for four years. Lady, write a fucking book. Like, that is her excuse for everything. She does some fucked-up shit. She's like, well, I had a rough life. Like, write a book. I'm tired of hearing about it. Um, I'm sick of her manipulation. Um, I'm sick of everything. Anyway. She's white, okay? Just to give you guys a little bit of context. She's white. All of the ladies on this franchise are white, except the new one, Carrie. She is Mexican. Um, and she, her and Leanne been butting heads from the beginning, and they just don't get along. Um, and then there were moments that um, after they would get into an argument, Leanne would go off with one of the other housewives and make racist comments. Um, she would say things like... Um, Carrie's a chirpy Mexican. Yeah, Lena's mouth dropped. I can't believe this was on Bravo, bitch. This is like real life, okay? 
Um, Carrie's a chirpy Mexican. Um, I don't know what the fuck she's ever talking about. I don't speak Mexican. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! You have no idea. I'm gonna let I'm you watch it. I'm rolling my eyes. I have to let you watch just to end. Yeah, I literally of this. will watch just um, that portion. Um, yeah, I don't speak Mexican. She got really heated one time, and she was like. Why is Carrie being so so sad? I thought she was a strong Mexican. I thought she was a, oh she was a strong like she said some sort of comment about her being Mexican about eight or nine times, and she said it to three different housewives, and all three of them like were standing there like kind of shocked. They didn't know what to say. Um, and then when the episode came out and the reunion happened, Leanne is there kind of saying in her confessionals like. I, I'm not I'm not racist. Like I, I've slept with a lot of like I've had a lot of Mexican lovers. I sat on Julio Iglesias's lap. Bitch, he's from Spain. This is how like dumb you are. Okay, um, Lita, I was so heated. I, I, you have to watch this. Um, so she's not racist because she had sex with people uh, who yes. are from. Like get the fuck out of here. You don't know anything. Um, and the thing is that what really bothers me is like. She, it's one thing if you're ignorant, okay? It's one, which, which is not an excuse, by the way. Ignorance, oh my God. Um, it's one thing if you're ignorant, you said it once. You know, it, it slipped out. She said it about eight or nine times and she says it with such like conviction that you're like, damn, like that's like hatred, you know? Um, so first of all, I really like, I would really like her off the show. I really hope that she doesn't come back even though she is like one of the main characters and it really gets the show going. I don't think that Bravo should tolerate that kind of shit. Um, and then she had a bullshit apology, whatever. That's basically what happened. But the other thing is she, you know, her excuse was, well, I didn't know using someone's nationality is, you know, offensive. But it's like you're using it as a derogatory term. Like the way you say Mexican, the words that come out before and after you use the word Mexican, it's it is derogatory. So that is why people are calling her racist, including some of the housewives. Um, but... Regardless, if you watch the show, if you don't, um, I think everyone could relate to something like this on some level, especially now in America and the era that we're living in. And I wanted to take the opportunity to make this a topic um, because as bad as Leanne was and you know as the horrible things that she did, the girls around her didn't say anything. And me watching it, I was screaming at the screen because every episode she's saying this in front of in front of one of three housewives and. Granted, everyone is kind of scared of her, um, but everyone just stood there and didn't say anything in the moment. She's made several comments. And then in their confessionals, which they film a couple of like weeks later, they're like, oh, I didn't say anything to Leanne because like she was really in the moment and I just didn't want to get into it with her. All three of them said this to some extent. And I am more upset about something like that because when you don't say anything, that means you are basically tolerating it you should this is where you need to say shut the fuck up you can't talk about people like that you cannot use those words but when you don't say something you are tolerating tolerating it and you know the argument here is like is this racism or ignorance you cannot be that ignorant in 2020 you are 50 something fucking years old you're racist um and when you're watching someone say racial racial slurs or racial racist things and you don't say anything to them you don't stop them again you are tolerating that shit um i was seven when i moved to america and somehow at that age i knew what was right or wrong okay um no one taught it to me i just knew just being a fucking human being and you know i 
I never saw skin tone or race, which by the way, it's a fucking word I hate, but I never, I never, that was never a way for me to differentiate between two people. And I was fucking seven years old. Okay. When I was in sixth grade, I was shutting down people who were fucking making racial slurs. And then when I was 15 years old, okay, I argued with my cousin's husband for three hours. I was 15 years old about his discriminatory remarks about Mexicans. Um, first of all, I don't talk to either of them anymore. So that should tell you enough. But he sat there in my living room, my parents' living room. And I don't know how this came up. And we're Armenian and I'm not, don't, don't get me wrong. Not all Armenians think like this or say like this, but you know, there's just, there's just a little bit of a cultural shift. He is actually fucking ignorant and probably racist, but he said to me, I don't know how you have all these friends that are all these different ethnic backgrounds. Like I can never be that close to people like that. Um, he said that, yeah, I work with a lot of Mexican guys, but if they, they, but if they came knocking on my door, like I wouldn't let them into my house. Um, and I sat there and I couldn't believe the words that were coming out of a grown man's mouth. At this point, he was almost 30 years old. And I was like, how could you feel if somebody said to you, your son, uh, I, I mean, Armenians, I work with them, but I could never, I could never be friends with them. If uh, my Armenian coworker came to my house, I would never let them into my house. How could you say that? What is so wrong about being Armenian that somebody wouldn't want you in their house. So now, and he didn't know what to say. He had nothing to say. So I was like, now take what you just said and flip it on what you just said to me. What is so wrong with someone being Mexican that you wouldn't let them into your house? What did they do to you? They're a fucking human being. First of all, we're all children of God. Like we're all the same. What it, what does him being born somewhere else, speaking a different language, have anything to do with you not letting him into your house because he's Mexican. He's not good enough to be in your fucking house. And this is me at the age of 15, okay, guys? So if a 15-year-old can understand this, I don't understand how a 50-year-old woman can. But the point here is I'm a 15-year-old who is having this argument, having this conversation with somebody. Now, granted, I might not have changed his mind. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. And maybe if these housewives would have said something from the first time Leanne opened her fucking mouth, then she would stop saying it. Because the thing is, when you call people out on racist shit, it's a little humiliating. And whether they ever learn from it or not, they remember feeling that humiliation of someone calling them out. So they don't fucking start repeating that shit ever again. They won't say it again in public. They won't feel so comfortable to make those kinds of remarks if they remember being humiliated the first time that they did it. So when you tolerate, this is how genocides happen. This is how um, the Holocaust happened. A bunch of people tolerating someone's racism, basically. You know. So I, I, the one thing I took from this is besides her, she fucking sucks and needs to get off the show is. When you are in the presence of that, and it doesn't have to only be about race, it can be about anything. When you're in the presence of somebody who is prejudiced, you have to speak up. That is the only way, as uncomfortable as it may be, I know it's not our job to lecture everybody or to teach people something, but you want it to stop there. You don't want people to spread hate, and this is how hate spreads, when people are around others who are tolerating their way of thinking. It is 2020, when you see or hear prejudice, this is where you you have to stop it so we have to stop it also like what i wanted to say was like some people may think um her like just say using the word mexican as if it's like a derogatory term and there and people will say well she didn't 
use a racist or derogatory term, like, but that type of ideology perpetuates people to be able to just do stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then it goes on to the next thing and the next thing. And then she's going to get, like Milana said, comfortable with now using a racist term. And then now she's going to treat other people. She'll treat people of that culture or descent negatively or badly. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, if you use the example of um, Milana's, Milana's relative that she no longer That claims. I no longer <laughs> talk to or yeah, claim like, or anything. Like, oh, his comment, like, that's his home that's his right whatever again to me and to milana that perpetuates that type of thinking and behavior and action and racism so yeah. it's like it does need to be called out and i think like 100 percent. it actually when milana was talking it reminded me because um monday was mlk day um i pulled up a quote from his i have a dream speech and he basically said um our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter and that's like literally this yeah like this whole topic that milana wanted to talk about and bring up and it just comes full circle like it this is that that was an issue back then and it's still an issue now and it needs to be dealt with and not swept under the rug and brought to light and yeah you should call people out and if they are prejudiced and yeah maybe they'll be receptive and open-minded maybe they're ignorant and they have their own issues that they need to deal with which is why they are the way they are and maybe they won't change but they'll definitely know not that you don't tolerate that and to not to not do it in front of them. Yep. And like, you know what I mean? If someone says something um, and Milana calls them out, they know that not to do it in front of them or the people she associates with or not to do it in front of me or what. And now you're spreading the amount of people that they won't do it in front of and exactly. maybe they'll think twice about it. Exactly. No shame. I will fucking humiliate you in front of your kid. I don't care. You know what I mean? So these are the type of people that raise racist children like these are the type of people you guys have to shame kids are born they're so innocent like they don't know anything all kids know is love you know and they learn from their environment so these are the type of people who are bold enough to say things like this about um you know someone else's culture or race or what have you um and the kids learn from this like this is how the the it continues so you have to say something because we have to stop it it's 20 fucking 20 like i can't believe we're talking about this in 2020. Um, and it, Leanne, it's fucking Spanish, not Mexican. You don't speak Mexican. You're 50 years old. You're from fucking Texas. Like, you know, like, you know that Mexican is not a language, you imbecile. I'm uh, sorry. I was so mad. No, that's so true. You're right. She does know better. Yeah. She knows that. She's doing it on purpose, which yeah. is why you said that she's using it as a derogatory term. Like, oh, yeah. you know better. You live in a state that is heavily populated by Absolutely. people of this descent. Like, come on. Yeah. So, anyway, I just was so riled up the other night sitting in my Tahoe hotel room. I was, like, yelling at the walls because I'm like, I can't believe, like, this is on television. Like, they're going to ruin this franchise with this, like she stained it, you know what I mean? Like this is such a heavy topic. And is this this is a recent? This is the current this season. This is the current season. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, so this is happening like now. Yeah, it happened. Okay. Yeah, it just was released like three weeks ago, so it's crazy. Because I know you're like watching I, all just of them. And, yeah. yeah. I just by the way, I just started. <laughs> I just started Atlanta the other night. So. Exactly. I'm like, so I don't excited. know where you're at with it. Um. Yep. I'm on Atlanta. Um. Anyway, so that is the topic of the week. Just stop it. Just stop it when you hear it. When you see it, stop it. Um. And yes, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. And if you learned something or enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it. Tag me on Instagram at StarringMilana and make sure to use the hashtag MilanaMonday. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching and I'll be back next week.